Celebrity Tumor presents Delivery Hey, Jimbo, you, uh, you doing okay? Too much time out on the open road? Thanks for, uh, thanks for sending me these, uh, reports. They are something. Uh, give me a call, buddy. Uh, a bit worried about you. Fine. To whom do we owe thanks for this Svengali marionettist? We can only bore into the essence of the mirror and retrieve core samples. You see, don't you? weekend you said I had changed. It's true. But doesn't everyone? I'll not mince words here. As requested, here's my account of the head office. I apologize again for not having anything which verifies its existence or confirms an address. There's a letterhead, sure. That can be faked. You of all people understand this. And as we trudge wearily through middle age, you'll no doubt suspect that this account is my own Frankenstein's monster. Of course, you'd be right. It's everything I can remember and what I could retrieve from those old notes. A monster. Yeah, that's somehow fitting. I do not specifically recall that first day, so this is either the first day, or another day, or several days forced into an arranged marriage. You be the judge. I'm too tired, see? I remember walking in. There was precious little space between the front, a cheap Formica table, and all the damn boxes. I remember that table just off to the right and the first time I met Twitchy. It's not his real name, of course. I do not remember that. It was something ordinary. You tend to remember weird names, foreign words. Twitchy had his back to us initially, to my acquaintance and I when we entered. He finished stabbing orders into the radio mic and stood up. I mean, he, he partially stood up and swiveled back to offer an al dente handshake. Probably offered that name, too. I recall some forms, documents which needed filling in order to begin. Let me tell you, pal, this operation wasn't low rent. It was Section 8. The carpets were a filthy maroon, and you, you felt guilty for all the mites you killed walking around in there. This was also back when folks smoked openly in an office, and you could see the cancer camped out on the walls. I finished up the paperwork and was given a Citizens Band radio for the car. Twitchy tossed me a company polo shirt complete with cookie-cutter logo. Same churning color as that carpet. Less stains. 
The inside was what you'd expect. Frenetic march of worker ants, bringing various parcels in and out, all decked out in those same company shirts. Twitchy occasionally bawling out, someone over an obvious error, a driver bitching about an unjust parking ticket. One man's white noise is another's Bella Bartok. There was also the bicycle couriers, the elites, lads and lasses with their grotesquely swollen legs encased in lycra, beady eyes hidden behind reprehensible oakleys. You couldn't miss them, running amok, shoving past anyone who had the misfortune of being in their way. They completely ignored the nervous man at the radio trying to get their attention. Twitchy had a nasty habit of scratching at his beard when he talked to you, unable to muster eye contact. I say beard, but he was one of those gents who gets his five o'clock shadow at 11 a.m. This could have been any day or every day. There's something I never told you before. Every time I entered that place, a deep and penetrating nausea welled up. Back then, I attributed this to that smoke, a touch of lead poisoning, or maybe asbestos. Now, I'm not so sure. As I mentioned, the lion's share of the space was occupied by ordinary boxes, which is to be expected in such an enterprise. But the addresses were not ordinary. When I hark back to moments worth mentioning, those addresses get the bends. North Korea, Bolivia, and somewhere obviously sinister like the Serkguzi archipelago were scrawled all over. There was also a walk-in freezer out back, but more on that later. Halfway back, the office was sectioned off by hastily constructed quilts hanging on fishing line. Scaled the entire width of the place. Behind that cloth is where I heard the noises. I only got that one glimpse. Through a small break in that makeshift partition where the quilts didn't quite overlap, I could see them. The ladies. An unfamiliar tongue punctuated by obscene laughter and rapacious grunts littered the back room. About a half dozen women donning brightly colored garments and head coverings chatted away. Clacking words formed of lilting whistles and clicks flooded the area in an incessant yet buoyant cadence. I didn't pay it any mind. What did whet my appetite was the machines they tended. Antiquated radio equipment and other devices lay between the ladies as they worked the various dials and knobs. The machines hosted an array of colorful incandescent lights and associated beeps, clicks, and growls. The women manipulated these, their fingers, a graceful ballet. Now, as you are aware, I am a bit of an audiophile and antiquarian. I tell you truthfully, dear friend, those machines were Soviet. Even without the Cyrillic decorating the panels, I know an old A7 transceiver when I see one. And the R311s? Yeah, there were four of them. As I said, only sneak that one peek, but you could always hear them. I've spoken to Twitchy already, but he wasn't the head honcho, I was to find out. Later, another character appeared. 
a tall sort. And when I say appeared, I'm really saying he kind of pulled into focus. You know, like in uh, one of them art house pictures. Gone one day and there the next. I want to say his name was Dave, but that's too many syllables. He should have been awkward due to that height, but there are statues in Rome less composed. Pale and in full possession of other Aryan aesthetics, he barely moved. I really don't want to use the word robotic, so I won't. The Aryan robot would greet people, if only in monosyllabic utterances that somehow escaped those clenched teeth. Other than these brief chirps, he mainly stood around and surveyed his disorderly kingdom. Once, during a day that both my acquaintance and I happened to be in, a curious fellow dragged himself through the front door. Dragged is the best I can muster here. His feet seemed concrete, and he raised them as such. Concrete cankles and cooling molasses. Who the hell's that? Sammy, my obese acquaintance mustered. Sammy the Mook? I'll let that second bit go. You get that, right? You see, Sammy blew in like a bubblegum wrapper on a forgotten sidewalk. Seemed deflated somehow, arms flapping around with silly putty bones. I could taste bile. What's his story? Him? He went on the long run. Just getting back, I suppose. Remind me to sprint. I only saw one other gent accused of going on the long run. Same South Dakota stagger and Play-Doh arms stalked by a yellow smell. On both occasions, they could be heard passing through that partition and opening the back door. They'd offered me the long run only once. I got the distinct feeling it was a one-shot affair and I'd blown my shot told him something about a sick hamster that needed euthanizing. Never asked me again. But that wasn't the time I drove around back. I'd only driven around back that one time. It was a clear day. Warm, too. Several fellows I didn't recognize were hauling boxes out of a refrigerated truck. The boxes weren't large, but the men strained when receiving them. Looked like they weighed a ton. I swear I remember a fine mist coming off them as if they were freezing or holding dry ice. Alas, these things are confumbled before me. There was a line of them beginning at the truck and ending in front of a large walk-in freezer. When I first pulled into the back, I saw one of the men punching the dark green buttons on the security panel violently, like they owed him money. Nothing was particularly amiss about this except when I got out of my ride and approached them. I first approached the man in the truck and greeted him. He looked at me like I'd just punched him in the lunchbox. The others moved a bit too slowly to be credible, and perhaps this is the offspring of all that sterno I guzzled back then, but I swear their arms were about an inch too long. Got a glance at those cinder addresses, though, on the boxes. You know who lives on the Astronomical Society Islands? No one. That's who. I looked him up. Sure, you might find a couple of Canadian yahoos on motorbikes scuffing up the natural environment, 
but otherwise they're uninhabited. But that's where those labels said they were coming from. Somewhere up there in the Nunavut territory, nestled deep in the bosom of the Kitty Kitty Meow region. I'm no geographer, but that shit sounds Arctic. One last thing. I've managed to track down some of the others. And some folks have poked their heads out of their respective rocks. Sent me some things. Some of their own things. You'll be hearing from me soon. Delivery is a podcast distributed by Celebrity Tumor and licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution non-commercial share-alike international license. For information pertaining to the episodes, cast list and attributions, please visit deliverypodcast.com.